Welcome to another episode from TFA Church. Here at TFA Church, we value people and we trust that this episode will be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians, the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Again, you can follow the notes on Version if you have the Version Bible app, but we began a a series last Sunday morning entitled, While We Wait. While We Wait. You know, Jesus died for our sins. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus died for our sins and he rose from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. And the fact that he died for our sins and rose from the dead on the third day, that means he's alive. Jesus is alive now. Seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, according to the book of Romans, chapter 8. And if he's alive, one thing he said when he, when he rose from the dead, and even when he was here, is that he will return. He is going to return again. And the angel said in, uh, in, in Acts chapter 1, that in the same way that you saw Christ leave, he will return. And so the fact that he's alive, he, it means he will come back and get us to, to bring us where he is. And 1 Thessalonians was, writ- was written with that in mind, and I, I spoke last Sunday with, uh, with you on the, the difference of the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ. The rapture of the church, we believe that Christ is going to return at any moment. It's an imminent return of Christ, that he's going to come back for us and catch us up with him to be with the Lord forever. And then the second coming of Christ is a little different from that because we will come back with Christ and he will set up his rule upon this earth. And if I've lost you already, uh, I hope you will be found before the end of the service. But if I've lost you already, just keep in mind that, that we're not to be watching for the signs and watching for these things. But we are to be waiting for him. While we wait is what do we do while we are waiting? While we are in this period of time where prophecy is being fulfilled. Things are happening in the Middle East. There are timelines that I think we can dot some more I's and cross some more T's and prophecies are being revealed and, and on and on those things go. But, but what do we do in the process? Well, uh, we talked last week about the fact that we are here to remain faithful or remain watchful. And that talked about the imminency and the urgency and the fervency. And, and this week we talk about remaining faithful. And then next week we'll look about remaining thankful just before Thanksgiving. But while we wait, we are called to remain faithful. We're not called to say, okay, the Lord will return one day. Whoo, I'm saved. Thank, thank the Lord. I was maybe baptized in water. Ooh, thank the Lord. I'm good. I don't, there's nothing else I need to do. No, you're saved by grace through faith unto good works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, Ephesians chapter 2. And so we, what do we do while we wait? We are to remain faithful. 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 First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. Paul is hearing from the Holy Spirit and he's writing the Thessalonian church. But I, I think he's hearing Jesus in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus gives this discourse about the end times of Matthew 24, and he talks about the lawlessness that will abound and 
the love of many will grow cold, the, the, the agape love of many that are in our hearts, that there is a, a love that will grow cold. There's, Paul talks here in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 about a rebel, the rebellion that will occur, the rebellion and the lawless one that will appear, that will be on the scene about the, the antichrist and, and the, the lawlessness that will abound. He says in verse 2, For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. See, we're not in darkness. We're not in the, the, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're not living in darkness. We are living in what? Light. He says, you are not in darkness. That this, they should surprise you like a thief. It will surprise us, but not as a thief. Like something bad's about to happen. No, this is good news for the church. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. Paul talks about sleeping here. And in Scripture, in the New Testament, when, when sleep is mentioned, it, 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 it could mean... According to the context, it could mean death, but it also could just mean that you are, are sleeping and you need to be awake. You need to be awakened. could mean that you're lost in sin as well, So, they're, depending on the context. But let's look about, uh, this morning about how we remain faithful. How we remain faithful. Number one, I have three of these. Number one, be alert. How do we remain faithful? Let's be alert. In other words... Another way you could say that is, let's wake up. Jesus told the church at Sardis, chapter, two, chapter 3 of Revelation, wake up and strengthen what remains. Strengthen what remains. So be alert. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert. There it is. Let us be alert. Alert, and that word alert here is, is let us be watchful. Let us be, a, let us be like a watch in the night, a, a period of time where we're, we are alert, not, a, not asleep, but we are alert and we are aware of what's going on. He says, let's be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. These are, these are things from the uh, Roman armor. He, Paul's uh, perhaps looking at a, a Roman soldier at the time, and he's saying, their armor, their breastplate, protect your heart, protect your mind with this helmet of salvation. Protect those things because... Jesus is coming back at any moment, so let's be alert and let's be ready. Let's be dressed and ready for this fight in which we find ourselves because he's coming back at any moment. And one way to remain alert is by avoiding deception. Avoiding deception. That's one way to remain alert. Say, no, that's not right. That's not, that's not true teaching. That's, that's, that's heresy. That Being alert is, is all about avoiding deception. And Paul gets into that later here in chapter uh, 2 of 2 Thessalonians. He says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, 
not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. Paul's getting into the fact that there were believers there in Thessalonica that were, were, were spreading the, 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 the gossip or the, 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 uh, the, the untruth, the fact that, that uh, Christ had already come back. And Paul is clearing that up, and, and he's saying, listen, that didn't come from us. Some are saying it came from us, but that did not come from us. Jesus clearly said, no, one, no man knows the, the hour, Matthew chapter 24. He says, no one knows the hour. So Paul is saying, that did not come from us. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, verse 3. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He's talking in chapter 4 about this sudden catching away. Now in chapter 5, he's talking about the second coming, the fact that when Christ returns with us, he said, don't, don't think it's, it's already happened and don't believe the lie that, that it's already happened. He's saying that, that lawlessness, the man of lawlessness will be revealed. This man that's doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. You hear the urgency of the language that, Jesus, that uh, Paul is proclaiming this? The temple was there. The temple was there at that time. Which is why many believe that when the temple is built again to prepare for the second coming of Christ, that, that, that's even more on our timeline of get ready. Get ready when the, when the new temple is built because of this scripture here. That in the timeline that this man doomed to destruction sets himself up. So even with this scripture, you can say, oh, well, we could take it easy because there's no temple right now. No, listen. Jesus is coming at any moment. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven, chapter 4, with a shout, with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And there we will ever be with the Lord. There's, there's all these questions we have. But what our responsibility is, is to stay alert, to be aware of what's going on. Be aware of all that's taking place. And then he writes this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Listen to these words that are so profound and so relevant for today. He says, be alert. Don't be deceived. Watch this. Brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are doing. Verse 2, now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. Verse 3 of chapter 4, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. It's God's will that you should be sanctified. What does that mean? That means set apart from this world. It's God's will that we should be sanctified, set apart from this world. What does that mean? That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each one of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. 
and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to be pure and live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God. He says in verse 3, it's God's will that you should avoid sexual immorality. You know, that word in the, the Greek is porneia. Porneia. What does that sound like? Pornography. So it's God's will that you should avoid visible nakedness, that you should avoid any forms of, of that in front of you that would be considered unholy. And wow, you talk about a world in which we live that, that we need to wake up in, that we need to be alert, that, oh, that's okay, oh, this is okay, oh, this is not sin, oh, that's okay if two men are together or two women are together, or listen, what does the Bible say? It says sexual immorality. And so we ought not to try and redefine terms in this world in these last days that we find ourselves as a church. We ought to to be humble enough to say, you know what? We need the Lord to help us in this area. And Paul addressed it in the last days that we are to avoid sexual immorality. Wow. Be alert. Be alert. Be awake. Wake up. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. What is our responsibility at this last day's moment? 1 John 3, verses 2 through 3. But we know that when Christ appears, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse verse 3 says, but we all who have this hope in him purify themselves. All who have this hope in him and seeing him when he appears. At the last days, what do we do while we wait? We learn to purify ourselves. We learn to purify our minds. We learn to purify our hearts. And we say, you know, we're not going to try and redefine terms. We're not going to try to redefine this or this. We're going to try and do our very best to be holy before God. Humbly. Humbly. Saying, Lord, we need you. We need your presence. We need your, your love in our lives to help us to abstain from these sorts of things in our world in which we live. And so the call for us is to, to be alert, to be awake, to not be deceived by anything that we see out there. But when the day of wickedness continues to increase, we know that the time is getting closer and closer before us for his return. Say, Pastor, I, I, I love the, the thought of the end times. I love all that. But how does that help me with raising kids today? How does that help me going back to work tomorrow? How does, that, how does that help? Listen, in this world in which we find ourselves from day to day in this culture, when the voice of the gospel is getting less and less, we ought to be continually equipping our minds and our hearts in truth as the day approaches. Not get further and further away from the truth and not get kind of dazzled by this world and the bright lights of Hollywood and the bright lights of New York City and all the things that are out there, but we ought to be more true to our calling and who, who Christ has called us to be so that we can be ready, ever more ready as he returns and as the day approaches. And for us, we need to be alert and we need to say, no, that's sin. No, that's, that's holy. 
No, that's, that's, that's Jesus calling me further. In love, of course. The most unloving thing we could ever do as a church, though, would be not to call sin, sin. That's the most unloving thing. If there's a real heaven and a real hell. There's a real heaven and a real hell, then we have to stand by truth and say, Lord Jesus, you didn't die for nothing. And I know that's not correct English for you English majors, but you died for a reason, to keep me from sin, to pay my sin debt in full, and to help me to be holy along this life's journey. So he says, don't be deceived, be alert, don't be asleep. You know, talking about asleep, I was thinking this week of one of the funniest stories as a kid, my, my dad used to uh, work downtown Memphis as a security guard as he was supporting the family and, and going to college as uh, he was studying to be a business manager. And he worked in this security booth, and then he would go and, and shower up and go to class. But one day there was a, a gentleman working in the booth, an, an African-American man that we just loved. And he had this gray hair. So if he had gray hair to an 8- or 9-year-old, he was really old, right? But he was probably in his 40s somewhere, and his name was Mr. Mills. And we just love Mr. Mills. And we walk around the corner, Mr. Mills, he's in the security guard shack, and, and uh, cars are coming in at City Hall there in Memphis downtown and right there on Riverside Drive. And, and we... We, Jimmy and I look at each other and we're like, we're going to go scary. Let's go scary. Let's go scary. He knew who we were. We knew him. And so we walk around the corner. We get up close to him. And to see his bright eyes just get, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. We scream. Two little nine-year-old boys. We scream. My dad taught us to scream and scare each other in the house when we were little boys. That's, we scream. And he, he jumps up and, and just... Uh, Starts screaming back at us, you boys, y'all get out of here. Le- leave me alone. And, but he would have seen us coming if he hadn't been asleep. Right? I couldn't think of a better way to illustrate. We, we would see things coming in our culture if we would wake up and stay alert as believers. And say, no, I, I know that you are defining things this way world but I'm following Jesus and I'm staying awake and alert and know that right is right and wrong is wrong and we're going to proclaim the Bible and do our very best to walk according to the scriptures that we see today that mean uh, so much for you and I as as believers so we're going to follow Jesus we're going to stay alert because he's coming at any moment even so come quickly Lord Jesus yes we're going to stay alert we're going to be faithful Secondly, Jesus, or, uh, Paul says this, not only stay alert, but stay, stand firm. Not only be alert, but stand firm. Stand firm. Verse 8, he says, but since we belong to the day, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. That's why we believe in what's called a pre-tribulation rapture in the, in, in the assemblies of God because the, the, the tribulation and the, the second coming of Christ is all about pouring out the wrath of God in the tribulation that will come to this world. And, 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 and this scripture here is one of two or three others that, that talk about us not suffering the wrath that's to come. And the tribulation is all about the wrath of God being poured out upon this world. And so he says in verse 9 that he did not... Appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together 
with him. And in chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says he called us through our gospel. He called you to this through our gospel so that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, verse 15, brothers, stand firm. Stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you. Stand firm. Stand firm. James chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. You too. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. The judge is standing at the door. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Paul says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, the day of rebellion, the day of lawlessness, the day of reckoning, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. We're going to stand. Now, I know there are times when we're standing. Man, my, my feet start hurting and you just kind of want to, kind of want to lean, right? Or you may want to, may want to sit down. May want to lay down on a nice mattress. But spiritually, we're called to stand. Why stand? Why not just lay down? Because when we are standing, it's difficult to sleep. That goes back to point one. When you're standing, you're at attention. There's not a first sergeant or a drill sergeant that would come into the room of our soldiers and, and say, all right, y'all just Y'all receive this, these orders while you're laying down, and I'll, I'll, get everything, I'll get everything read out to you that the, that the colonel just gave to me. No, he's going to, attention, and the soldiers will come together, and they'll stand in formation at attention, and they will receive the orders and listen to their instructor or, or their superior, off, superior officer so that they can receive that in a way that they can understand it and flesh it out. Flesh those orders out. Listen, we stand to receive the instructions. We stand so that we can be at a, a, a fighting position. We stand, not, not that, if, that if you are kneeling and you're in a particular foxhole and you need to be in a certain position that that doesn't apply, but, but you're at a, a place of readiness. You're at a place of warfare that if you're called upon, you're ready. You're not living in sin. You're not just taking it easy till he comes back. You're, you're not just having a party and saying, I'm thankful I said that prayer. All is well. All my way to heaven. No, you're standing at attention. You're ready for the instructions. You're, you're ready for the Lord to show you which way to go and in and, and which way we can obey him further. And we are receiving those instructions with joy, with enthusiasm, with, with a readiness because he's returning at any moment. I love the story in the Old Testament of Shammah, Shammah, or Shammah. You may call him Shammah. There's one of David's mighty men, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11. Here's, he's kind of summarizing David's life, and he says, These were some of David's mighty men. And you should go back and read chapter 23 of 2 Samuel one of these days. But Shammah was a, was a man that saw the Philistines coming, and he was out in a pea patch. A field full of lentils, all right? But it was a pea patch, let's say, and he's out in this pea patch, and the Philistines are coming, and it says that he, he was able to defend that pea patch and, and uh, slay the Philistines because he stood there, because he stood his ground. 
And that's a great picture of you and I that say, you know, we're going to take our stand. How many of you were ridiculed when you came to know Jesus? You lost some friends? Your family said, I can't believe you're being baptized in that church. I can't believe you are going there now. Yeah, I've heard your stories. I understand. But there was something on the inside of you that said, you know what? The gospel took root in my heart. I understood that Jesus died for me. I understood what the pastor said or the teacher said or the uh, Sunday school worker said. I understood that and, and I gave my life to Jesus and the old is gone now. The, the new has come now. I'm a new creation in Christ and, and, and I'm going to stand my ground now in love and, and knowing that greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world and that, yes, I now can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because uh, the gospel has taken root in my life and I understand. Stand, Jesus loves me. Died for my sins. And I'm going to serve him all the days of my life. I think we need to, in our prayer closets, talk to the Lord, but boldly declare as well, devil, I'm taking my stand. I'm not going anywhere. Come hell or high water, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to my wife. I'm going to live a holy life. I'm going to do the very best I can until Jesus returns for me. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's, so, that's old-fashioned preaching. That's that old... That old, I'm so thankful for that clothesline that I, I never saw. You know, the, the, the preachers of yesterday used to call it a clothesline preaching. You, you go out to the clothesline, you pick a, pick a shirt off, and you say, I'm going to preach about this today. I'm going to preach about that today. No, that's just the Holy Spirit leading and saying, you know what? Holy Spirit, do the work in our hearts so that however it fits and, and, and applies to our lives, we can please you further. We're going to stand. We're going to take a stand. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stand by faith because the natural tendency is to relax the natural tendency is to just take it easy the world I grew up in back in the 80s was a world that's different today you know we could talk forever about that the culture and, and all the things that have changed but but there was a way in my small town in Tennessee that Maybe it was like this in, in Thibodeau or Chack Bay or in this area that you could almost drift and kind of take it easy. And you'd hear about church and you'd hear about the Holy Spirit and you'd hear about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You'd hear about the Bible. You could almost drift and you'd find God. You could drift into holiness in a sense because someone would share. And I believe in divine appointments today. Don't misunderstand me. But this world that we live in, church, we can't afford to drift. Jesus talked about the last days of the love of many growing cold, that a rebellion occurring, that the man of lawlessness appearing. That, that's, not a, that's not a society where we just need to drift and just take it easy and, and be okay with where we are spiritually even. Yet we have rest, we have peace with God, we have all those things, but it ought to be let's continue to rip our heart out and give it to Jesus and say, Lord, you can have all of me. I give my life to you, my whole body to you, my whole mind to you, my whole future to you, and not try to just drift into holiness in any sense. That means we pray throughout the week, right? It means we want to spend time with Jesus. He's our best friend. He's coming soon. He's returning. So let's stand firm. Thirdly, 
Thirdly, you may have heard this already, but the third point is in being faithful. We stay alert. We stand firm. But thirdly, let's just let's get to work. <laughs> There's no time to play. Let's get to work. This is serious. This is serious. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. The Thessalonians were working. They were getting to work. They were, they were encouraging before, but he's saying, keep it up. Look in verse 12. We ask you to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. There's love and respect all throughout this church body. It was so good to see Pastor Rose at Sagu a couple days ago and Brother and Sister Rose, and we got to hug them and share with them. And, and uh, for so many years, just the faithful call of God and, and just continuing to be faithful and, and how he's interpreting Scripture with these end times today. And I got to hear all about it, praise God, and, and uh, in, his, in his heart and, and for the church still and for the kingdom of God. He's saying, Paul is saying, get to work. And you know that never stops. That never stops. He says, we urge you, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. That's getting to work. How many know that's work? That's work. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. That's work. We urge you, warn those who are idle. Look at Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 10. He says, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you. Right? He, he worked with his hands. He, he was a hard worker. Nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we work night and day, laboring and toiling so that you would not be a burden, we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this, not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Get to work. And as believers... Sometimes we develop blind spots. As believers, we, we have blind spots. And, and so ask yourself this morning, is there, a, is there a, a common discipline that, you know, in prayer or in, in worship or in, in, in Bible study and in, in, in scripture memory and reading, is there, is there an, an area in my study as a soldier that I'm AWOL, that I'm absent without leave? Is there some type of area, some area in my life Serving in a ministry, sharing our faith, consistent worship and prayer, giving in any way. If I decided to just take a permanent break, or am I actively engaged in my faith? I know you're here this morning because it means something to you to come together with believers. It means something that three individuals are being baptized today, and you, you came to, to support them and cheer them on. That, that means something. I, I understand that, but in a sense, there's, a, there's an area for all of us that we can, man, we could, we could step it up in and continue to get to work. 
Let's get to work and let's continue to serve the Lord. I was, uh, Stephanie and I were at uh, Southwestern, again, I'll, I'll share, we were at Southwestern Assemblies of God University and we're serving with a, the, this banquet on Friday night for all the alumni that came and they, many of them paid to be at the banquet and the guest speaker were, uh, was uh, Dave Reaver. I don't know if he's ever been to Thibodeau TFA, but Dave Reaver was, uh, was uh, you know, he was in Vietnam, was serving as a soldier in the, in the Marines and he, uh, he, he had a hand grenade in his hand and he pulled the plug and he went to throw it, but it but a sniper had shot a bullet, and it went off, and the hand grenade exploded by his face. And, and all of this side of his body, down to his waist, was, was blown off. And he, and, uh, he said, uh, even though it was over here, he said he, he could see his heart beating. And his face was down on the floor, on the ground. And, uh, and it, he began to immediately realize what was going on, that, that, that this could be the end. But the first thing he said that came to his mind that caught me uh, on Friday night when he was sharing his story again, the first thing that caught me was that he said the, the first thing that came to his mind was what he had learned from Philippians chapter 1. Isn't that amazing? That the scripture will come back to your memory? That the scripture that you put in, that you worked for, you read, you put it in there, began to come back to his mind and he began to, he began to quote that scripture to be Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And Paul talks about departing from this body and to being, to being uh, with the Lord. And he says to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And, and, and long story short, we know he didn't die at that moment. He lived a very fruitful life and he's gone all over the world now and even works with our government with the military still uh, preaching to soldiers because one of the, the uh, stresses of serving now they've, they've identified as moral injury. Moral injury and moral injury, not only with uh, physical injury and, and uh, post-traumatic st- stress disorder, not only physical and mental injury, but, but a moral injury, and, and that is spiritually related. So he's able to go in all over the world and, and share with, with, with individuals, and he has a, a ranch in Colorado and in Texas that he brings soldiers to for, for counseling and rehabilitation, and, and it's all done for the, for the glory of God. And, and, and here's a 70-plus-year-old individual that that is serving the Lord, and, and, and I just think, wow, he doesn't look tired at all. He, he's sitting on a stool, but he's sharing his story because of pins in his back, and, and he's still going strong for the glory of God. And I just think, wow, he has never stopped losing the urgency of why he is here. Never stopped working. Never stopped sharing with an urgency, knowing why he is here, to rescue the lost, to rescue those who are hurting. And if I can just nudge us again in the right spiritual direction this morning of, of closer to Christ, of saying, okay, how can I, how can I be more fulfilled in a calling, in, in a place of ministry in the church? Or maybe you have a, a, a life group you'd like to start or a, a Bible study or where you work, you can minister in a, in a class in some way or start a Bible study at your work or in some way. You know, this, this scripture, because the Lord's return is so soon that we, we can be nudged to, to get to work. Get to work. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till, till another time down the road. Get to work. Let, let's, let's draw closer to the Lord today because we're closer now than we were before. Let's get to work. How can we be faithful? Let's be alert of what's going on around us. 
If you are a timeline person and you love the end time events, and there are so many great resources to do that. That's not what this series is all about, but it's, it's, a, it's a time to say, yes, it, we are closer. You can see the prophecies. You can, you can watch them now on the news. But let's be alert to our calling to stand firm as a soldier in the army of the Lord and get to work and say, you know what, no matter what happens, God's got this. God's got this. And I close with a story that I was reading this week in a new book I picked up again by Max Lucado, one of my favorite authors. He uh, was speaking of, about uh, the author Lloyd Douglas. Many years ago wrote The Robe and other books that he, that he uh, penned and authored. And, and uh, while he, uh, Lloyd Douglas was attending college, he lived in a boarding house. And each day... As he was leaving the house and, and, and uh, going out into to his work and, and his school life, uh, a retired wheelchair-bound music professor resided on the first floor. So each day he was going by this particular music professor that was wheelchair-bound on the first floor. And uh, Each morning, Douglas would stick his head in the door of the teacher's apartment and ask the same question. Well, what's the good news? What's the good news? The old man would pick up his tuning fork, tuning fork. And if you don't know what that is, it almost looks like a pair of tweezers, a tuning fork. It's a way that you can catch the note, all right? It's a tuner. Uh, The old man would pick up his tuning fork and tap it on the side of the wheelchair, tap it on the side of the wheelchair and say, that's middle C. I don't know if that's middle C or not, but that's middle C for me. Mm-hmm. That's G. Mm-hmm. I can almost hear mid- middle C and G the right way, but middle C. He'd say, he'd tap that and it would make the sound of middle C. And he'd say, he'd say, it was middle C yesterday. It will be middle C tomorrow. It will be middle C a thousand years from now. The tenor upstairs sings flat. (laughs) The piano across the hall is out of tune. But my friend, that is middle C. That's middle C. And Max makes the point that you and I need a middle C. A middle C of something that's not changing. The world and its desires pass. The Lord, is, His return is closer now than it was before. But if we will just keep our eyes fixed on that middle C, right? The fact that He is not changing. He's not going anywhere. His, his word is yes and amen. His promises are yes and amen. You students at Nichols, I promise, one of these days you're going to graduate and it'll be over with. Praise God. They just, you hear the revival coming from that section right there? This semester will be over, and you'll be passed. But there are things that go up and down, up and down, but there's that middle seat. In other words, let's keep our eyes looking for Jesus. Let's, let's remain watchful, and let's remain faithful, because the Lord has got us. He's got us. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. 
we may wonder about the, the man of lawlessness, the, the, the rebellion that will occur, and all these things, but let's keep our eyes fixed on Middlesea, the very fact that the Lord is coming soon. The Lord's return is at hand. He's not going anywhere. He's coming back, but His promises aren't going anywhere, and if we'll keep our eyes fixed on who He is, and even, even if our neighbor to the right and the left of us in our street or way over here or way over there we can know and if our family is way over here way over there we can know Lord you are true you are real and you're not going anywhere in fact because you're alive you're coming back thank God he hasn't just left us here with no hope. No hope. So you and I, as a result of this series and scriptures that we read all the time, don't need to be dope dealers. We need to be hope dealers. Come on. We need to be some hope dealers in this church. Dealing hope to this world that we live in. This hope that Jesus' return is closer than it was before. Let's just stay faithful. Let's stay faithful. Let's not go anywhere. Let's not be a part of that group that gets swept out because they, they turn their back on the Lord. No, we're going to remain faithful, serving the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. He saved us, and we're born again, filled with the Spirit. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stand firm. We're going to be alert, and we're going to get to work. We're going to keep building this kingdom till we take our last breath. Then we wake up in the presence of the Lord, which is better by far. Praise God.